Hey, it's so good to be together today, isn't it? Are you glad to be here? And do you realize that, all right, so everyone take a look around, just look around the room. It, 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 might, it might be a little awkward looking at other people, but look at everyone here. Uh, this isn't everybody that's here. Um, first off, we got people watching online. Thank you for joining us online, but, but that's not what I'm talking about here. The Spirit of God is with us. Amen. I want you to know that. That's what we're going to be talking about. The Spirit of God is with us today. And so what we see here is a part of it. This is the body of Christ, but the Spirit of God is with us and is moving. So today we're going to start into a new series called Divine Impact. And, and so sometimes in our faith, we, we become a little bit mechanical. Uh, a question that somebody asked a long time ago that I thought was a really good question is, what, what difference in your life does faith make? What is the difference that God makes in your life? And, that, and maybe that's a question you need to ask yourself. I think a lot of Christians walk through life and, and they're doing this whole, uh, you know, Christianity and church thing and it becomes mechanical. It's we go to church, we sing, we pray, we pray before our meals, we, we have these kind of rituals that we do. And listen, there's nothing wrong with ritual. Ritual's good as long as we understand that this is about a relationship with God. And I want you to know today that, that it, I'm glad you're here. This is something we do every week, but there is nothing mechanical in ritual. It's not me. There we go. Now I'm gone. Hello? All right, there we go. Hey, um, there, there's nothing, <laughs> you weren't expecting that, were you? That was not planned, I promise you. <laughs> in first service, I, it was like right in the middle of all this, there was this like big wind or rain or something. It, got, it was just like, we didn't plan all this, okay? But, but I want you to know, there's nothing boring and mechanical about following Christ. Amen. Because the Holy Spirit's at work. If you look at Scripture... The way that God interacts with his people, it's not a mechanical, boring thing. God makes a difference in our lives. And we talk a lot about wanting to be adventurous, and we, we talk about wanting to, to enjoy and experience life. Listen, when the Spirit's at work in your life, you're on a huge adventure. I mean, just read God's Word, the Old Testament, how God leads the Israelites, the, the disciples in their journey. The Spirit is here, and the Spirit wants to lead and wants to move. And so the divine impact, we're going to be talking about the divine impact that the Holy Spirit is active, present, and moving in our lives every single day. So just let me start by giving you my outline. I don't usually do this. It's not my personality, but I'm going to give you my outline. There's four things we're going to talk about today. Number one is the promise of the Spirit. Um, number two is the power of the Spirit. Number three is the movement of the Spirit. And number four is the presence of the Spirit. So that's, that's the outline. If, if you're tracking with us and you need to know when I'm going to be done, just follow that outline and you'll be good. But here's the deal. So we're going to look at Scripture. I usually have you stand while we read Scripture. We're going to look at four different Scriptures today. So I'm going to have you stand for the first one. So go ahead and stand with me. We stand because we believe that God's word is active, that the spirit, one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to work through the word and to teach us and to reveal things. And so we're going to start by reading John chapter 14, verse 15 to 17. And the first thing we're going to look at is the promise of the spirit. It says this, this is Jesus saying, if you love me, keep my commands 
And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. This is Jesus' promise to his disciples. He's with them. This is towards the end of his time with them. He knows he's going to the cross. He knows he's leaving them. And he says, listen, if you love me, obey my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. So you can go ahead and have a seat. Praise God for this promise. And so Jesus is with his disciples. And, and he promises this. That if you love me. And then, then he tells them. If you love me you need to keep my commands. Let's just start here. Being a follower of Christ. Loving God. Means that we are called to be obedient to his commands. There's two great commandments right. What is it? Love. God and love others. Okay, so the two great commandments, love God, love others. Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commands. If you're not keeping the commands, you're not really loving God. He says, if you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. So the first thing I want you to hear is that, that we are called to be obedient. Our love for God is displayed by obeying his commands. The second thing we see is that if we do that, Jesus promises that we will have the Spirit, that the Spirit will be sent. I will, he will give you another advocate to be with you and help you forever. Listen, this is really good news today. The Holy Spirit, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, I know that maybe if you're not like from church, that sounds weird and all these people are raising their hands and doing these weird things. Listen, the very Spirit of God, the very Spirit of God is at work and when we accept Christ as our Savior, comes into us and lives with us. And so we'll talk more about what that looks like, but it's, it's not some, cra it, it is crazy, but but. The very Spirit of God is given to us. Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commands, and I'll ask, and the Father will give you another advocate. Let's talk about that word, another. It's probably a word we would just pass over. But the word another there is pretty important to this text because the word another there actually means another of the same. It's not just another as in you're going to get this other thing. Jesus is saying, you know, so, so we've got God, we've got the Father, and then we have Jesus, who is the incarnation. He, he's the son. They're, they're separate and they're the same, same nature, same character. And he says, if you obey and love me, then the Father's going to send you another just like me and the Father to help you, to guide you. So the Holy Spirit, we, we sometimes, do you ever think, hey, I wish Jesus was walking around like the disciples, he's talking to them right in front of them. They can see him. They, they can hear him. He's physically there. Do you ever wish that Jesus was physically with you? I got good news. The Holy Spirit is the character and nature of Jesus Christ and God the Father in the Spirit. He says, I will give you another just like me to be with you. And then the last word that we see there. What's that last word? Forever. That's good news today. Jesus doesn't say, hey, I'm going to send you the Spirit, uh, the very Spirit of God. I'm going to send it to you for a little bit. He doesn't say, I'm going to send it to you for Sunday mornings. 
He doesn't say, I'm going to send it to you just in your times of need. Jesus says, he will send you another that's just like me, the Holy Spirit, to be with you forever. And so Jesus promised that the Spirit would come to all who believe. He's talking to the disciples here. But this promise, you'll see it later in some of the other scriptures we read, this promise is not just for the disciples, it's for us. Today, I want you to hear this. If you will love God and you will be obedient, you will obey his commands to love him and love others, the Holy Spirit is here and available and lives within you and will be with you forever. This is the promise. This was all part of God's plan. See, the plan, when we think that we wish Jesus was here in person, the plan was not for Jesus to stay forever here on earth in person. There was this plan since the beginning. So at the beginning, we have God the Father, and he's interacting with with the Israelites and the people of God, and we see this story where they're going through, and and you talk about adventure. I mean, they're, they're traveling along, and these crazy things are happening, and God would meet with them and speak to them, sometimes up on a mountain in a cloud. God would speak to them. But but then the second part of the plan, Jesus, the incarnation, the very nature and character of God, became man with a purpose. To show us the way, to die for our sins, to be raised to life so that we could have forgiveness and we could have victory over sin and death. So that was the second piece of the plan. The Holy Spirit is the third piece. That that Jesus was going to ascend to heaven, go back home to heaven, and then he was going to send us the Holy Spirit. This was the plan since the beginning. It wasn't an accident. It wasn't a mistake. Jesus is telling them, hey, I'm going to be leaving, but the Father is going to send you another just like me, the Holy Spirit, that will lead you and guide you. In fact, in John chapter 16, Jesus tells the disciples that it's actually far better for them that he goes. So when we sit here and we wish, hey, I wish Jesus was standing here talking to me. I wish I could see him. I wish I could ask him questions. Jesus himself said, you are better off with Jesus going because the Holy Spirit is sent to you and lives within you. We're going to talk a little bit more about why here in a second, but I want you to hear this. The Spirit is promised and available to each and every one of us. So now let's look at Acts chapter 1 verse 8. And this is Jesus talking again. So uh, the, the John section that we read in, in John 14, that was Jesus right before he was crucified in his last time with the disciples. This in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 is after Jesus is resurrected from the dead and he goes back to the disciples and, and he's about to ascend to heaven. And he says this, another promise of the Spirit. He says, wait for the Spirit. And then he says in verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Jesus promised before his disciples that if they believe and obey and love him, that the Father will send the Spirit. And then here, after he's resurrected from the dead, he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Once again, Jesus promises the Spirit. And in this, this time, he talks about this word, the power of the Spirit. He says, you will receive power. Say power with me. Power. You will receive power power when the Holy Spirit comes. 
You will receive power. Listen, I want to say this to you, and I want you to get this today. The Holy Spirit is the power of all who follow Christ. The Holy Spirit is the power for all of us who follow Christ. It's not our skills. It's not what we can learn. It's not our righteousness. The power of all who believe is the Holy Spirit living in them. It's not about what you can accomplish. It's about what the Holy Spirit does in and through you. And so Jesus says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. When we are filled with the Spirit, when we accept Christ as our Savior, when we obey and love Him, we are filled with the Holy Spirit, and we have the very power of God. Remember, this is another, just like Jesus and the Father, another will come live inside of us. And so, hear me, if you're a follower of Christ today, you have the very power of God living within you. The very power of God that created the universe, the very power of God that parted the Red Seas, the very power of God that through Jesus did miracle after miracle after miracle, the power of God lives inside of us. Sometimes we, uh, we minimize God's power in us. I think way too often in the church, we underestimate, we under underutilize the power of God working in us. What Jesus says is you have the power of God living within you. Now listen, I'm not telling you to go out and try to do crazy things. I'm not telling you that you're the most powerful thing in the world. I'm telling you that the power of God is living within you. And, and so there's all these miracles we see in Scripture. I'm not telling you to go out and try to part a sea. I'm not telling you to go out and try to make a Lamborghini show up in your driveway. That's not what I'm talking about when I say the creative power of God and the miraculous power of God living inside of you. Because the power of God living in you is not for your purposes. The power of God living inside of you is for his purposes and his kingdom. So here's the deal. Whatever God wants to do, whether it's healing, whether it's parting seas, whether, whatever it is, that power is available to you, living inside of you. But it's his power, his purpose. Way too often, we try to make God's power about what we want. Don't discount it. You have the very power of God living within you in the Holy Spirit. But it's for his purposes. So what does what's the Holy Spirit do? It enables us to do two things. Number one, to live holy lives. The Holy Spirit enables us to live holy lives. Uh, let's just talk about this. In the Nazarene church, we are a holiness church. You know what that means? That means we believe that you don't have to stay dirty, rotten, messed up. It means you don't have to stay in a bad place, but that we can be transformed to holiness. We believe that the Holy Spirit lives in us and helps us to become holy. So you can become Christ-like in your life, in the way that you treat others, in the way that you love others. I'm not telling you you're going to become Jesus. I'm, going to, I'm telling you you will become like him in the way that you love and treat others. That's one work of the Holy Spirit, leading and guiding us to holiness. The second work is this, that we would be witnesses. He says, you will receive power and you will be my witnesses all over the world. So number one, the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit helps 
make us holy. Number two, the power of the Holy Spirit makes us witnesses. Have any of you find it difficult to be a witness? Anyone find it difficult to share your faith? Just be honest. It's okay. You can raise your hand. I'm, I'll raise two hands because that's me, okay? It's hard sometimes to be a witness, isn't it? We know we should go tell our neighbors. We know we should tell others about Jesus. But it's tough. We feel awkward. We feel like we're not equipped. The power of the Holy Spirit lives within you. And the power of the Holy Spirit will help you be a witness. Listen, one of the greatest things that I've been able to do that's helped me in my witness is just to pray, God, show me where and help me to do it. And it's amazing how when you pray that prayer, doors open up, opportunities open up, and when you pray that prayer, the power of the Holy Spirit living in you will help you to be a witness for his kingdom. So the power helps us be holy and the power helps us be witnesses. Let's look at the disciples as kind of a, a case study. So the disciples walked with Jesus. Uh, they, they walked with him for, for three years during his ministry. And, and while they were with him, uh, if we were to characterize the disciples, would we say that they were perfect and holy all the time? No. They blew it all the time. This group of guys who Jesus handpicked and called to follow him, they messed up time and time and time again. While Jesus was trying to do kingdom stuff, they were off to the side arguing over who was more important and who was better. When Jesus told them to stop and, and be alert and pray while he went to pray, what did they do? They fell asleep. When Jesus left them and, and, and was arrested, what did they do? They fled. Over and over again in Scripture, we see that these disciples, even when Jesus was with them, were imperfect, were flawed, were messed up. But then this crazy event happens in Acts chapter 2, where the Holy Spirit that Jesus promised comes and fills them. And we see this whole new group of guys, the group that was a bunch of runners and quitters and sleepers, all of a sudden they're ministers, they're martyrs. They're kingdom builders. And those same disciples that were a bunch of mess-ups became the building blocks of the church. We're here today because of the Holy Spirit's work through those disciples. And so, number one, the Holy Spirit helped them become more Christ-like and holy. Number two, the Holy Spirit made them witnesses. And praise God for that. Ever since then, the Holy Spirit has been filling believers. And remember, we said it's part of the plan. God's plan is to build the kingdom through us. His Spirit fills us and works to make us witnesses. And so, number one, you can live holy through the Holy Spirit. Number two, God will build his kingdom through you. Listen, you are called to be a witness. You are called to be a kingdom builder. And with the power of God living inside of you through the Holy Spirit, it'll happen. You just need to let the Spirit move. So, so there's the promise, and then there's the power. Now let's move on to Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. And this is, we had the promise. Jesus promised several different times that the Spirit would be coming. And, and so after he ascended to heaven, about 10 days later, uh, they're gathered together. Acts chapter 2, verse, verse 1 says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. 
And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And it tells us later in Scripture, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it tells us that as they were speaking in these tongues, everybody was able to understand it. And it was this moment where the power of God, Jesus said, you will receive power. The power of God worked in them as the Spirit filled them, and great things happened. And so we had the promise, Jesus promises the power, and this is the fulfillment of it. This is the movement of the Spirit, that the Spirit showed up. They're gathered together. They, what do they do to receive this? It wasn't some program that they put together. It wasn't because they had, you know, all their stars on their chart. Anyone remember when we used to do stars with kids and you put it on the chart if you did the right things and then you would earn things? That's not how this worked. The Holy Spirit showed up at Pentecost, not because what they did, the only thing they did, it says, in, in other translations, it says they were all together and they were of one accord. One accord means this, that they were all of the same heart and mind. Not that they agreed on, they, didn't, they probably didn't agree on music, they probably didn't agree on how to dress, they probably didn't agree on a lot of things, but one thing they agreed on was that they all wanted to worship and honor God. And so they're gathered together in one accord, and the Holy Spirit shows up. The promise is fulfilled. So I want you to hear this again. The, the, the Pentecost, the pouring out of the Spirit, was the fulfillment. Why did the Spirit come at Pentecost? Not because they deserved it or earned it, because Jesus promised it. And so it was the fulfillment of the promise that Jesus gave to the believers, that they would have the Holy Spirit, not the result. So let me say this. It's not our job to coax the Spirit to come. It's not our job to direct the Spirit how to come. It's our job to be of one accord and to be open, and the Spirit moves according to His purposes. And so the Spirit showed up. The promise was fulfilled. Listen, you can't fake it. You can't force it. The Spirit moves as God wills it to move. And so the plan was moving forward. We had God, we had the Son, we had the Spirit, and here the Spirit shows up. And this is a really big, special moment. I want to talk about what happened here. Uh, speaking in tongues is a, is a thing in the church. If you're, if you're new to the whole church thing, then this may not mean anything to you, but if you've been around church, you've probably heard of speaking in tongues. And, and listen, I want to tell you where we stand as a church, and, and, I, and here's what I really want you to do is I want you to listen to God and listen to His Word. So here's the thing. The Spirit showed up and this incredible thing happened where believers started to speak in tongues. Listen, in the Nazarene church, we believe that one of the ways that the Spirit can move is through tongues. However, we believe that the Spirit directs how it moves and we do not practice that as something we are going to guide or force. Listen, here, here's, this may get me in trouble. I don't know. But I believe, it, I mean, Scripture is evidence that when the Spirit shows up, sometimes a manifestation of that is tongues. And, and listen, let, let's say this. When they spoke in tongues, everyone understood it, and it was to build the kingdom. There are other times where the Spirit shows up, and there's miraculous healings. There's other times, there's all these different ways that the Spirit moves. 
Listen, in the Nazarene church, it's not something we practice. You're not going to hear us up here doing that unless through the miraculous power of the Holy Spirit, it happens. The Spirit showed up. And I want to talk about this special. Sometimes the Spirit shows up in a special way. You've probably all been in a place where the Spirit showed up and something incredible happened. Maybe you've been around when someone's been healed. Maybe you've been around... Uh, when just, I, I remember, I've said this before to you, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll tell you again, there was a service I was at where we were just worshiping and all of a sudden people started standing up all over the place and forgiving people that they had hated for decades. And the move of the Spirit that day was a move of forgiveness and reconciliation. There are these moments throughout my life that I can remember special moves of the Spirit where we showed up and we were worshiping and all of a sudden this incredible thing happened. There are times that the Spirit moves in miraculous ways. But it's about His will and His purposes. And I just want you to know this, that just because nobody's being healed or nobody's speaking in tongues or, or there's not some big moment of reconciliation or testifying, or any, just because that stuff's not happening does not mean that the Spirit is not with you. The Spirit is promised, Jesus said, will be with you, what? Forever. Always. The Spirit does not pick and choose when to be with us. The Spirit, if we are believers, is with us always. And there are times where the Spirit moves in incredible, miraculous ways. And there are a lot of times where the Spirit just kind of gently whispers. Just in the last week, there have been moments where I wasn't expecting it and I didn't do anything to receive it but where the Spirit just kind of whispered to me or showed me something and it wasn't this miraculous thing, it wasn't this moment, it, it was just moments where the Spirit says, hey, this is what you should do. We're going to talk a lot more through the series about uh, the different ways that the Spirit moves but, but the Spirit sometimes moves in special ways but just because the Spirit isn't moving in a miraculous way does not mean that it's not here. Jesus promised that we would receive the power of the Holy Spirit and that the Spirit would be with us always. And I want you to hear this today. So, Pastor Deb, I'm, I'm going to focus you in here. Everyone look at me. Put your coffee down. Put your phone down. I'm going to do the Pastor Deb thing. Everyone look at me. Uh, get behind me, Satan, all that stuff. You know, ha, ha, ha. Um, focus in here. The Holy Spirit is here. If you are a believer in Christ, and listen, if you are not a believer in Jesus, if you are not a believer in God, and you're here today, and I want you to know that the same Spirit is available to each and every one of you. All you have to do is believe and surrender your heart. The Spirit is here. The Spirit is always with us. In fact, in, in Acts chapter 2, verse 38 and 39, it says, Peter replied. This is after the Pentecost moment, and Peter gets up and he starts preaching, and he says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise, listen to this, this promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off for all whom the Lord our God will call. So here's, here's what I want to get today. The Holy Spirit is here. The promise of the Spirit that Jesus made is fulfilled in Pentecost and is still true today. That if we are believers in Christ, 
If we will surrender our heart and love him and be obedient, the Holy Spirit lives within us. We have the power of God living in us through the Holy Spirit for his purposes. The Holy Spirit is here and wants to move today. And and so here's the question. How do we respond? What are we supposed to do? It says in here that they were all of one accord. Can, Can we just get there real quick? Everyone look at me. I don't care if you're not a Christian or if you've been a Christian 80 years Can we just all be of one heart today that whatever God wants to do, we're open to it? If you're open to it, just shake your head. Here's what I want us to do. Worship team, go ahead and come up. I want us to just be open. You don't need to do any special. There's no thing you need to say or ritual you need to do. There's no dance you need to do. Listen, the Holy Spirit is here And I don't care if you've been a Christian for 80 years. The Holy Spirit is here and wants to move in your life. That could be miraculous. It could be something so small as just saying, hey, worship me. Know me. So maybe there's some of you in here that that you're just dealing with something. I don't, I don't want to tell you how the Spirit's going to move, but I want to just talk through this. Maybe there's something in your life that needs to be surrendered, and maybe today the, the move of the Spirit will be to say, hey, surrender that. Maybe there's someone in here, and, and, and God's just saying, the Spirit's just saying, hey, focus in, put the phone down, put the coffee down, tune out the distractions and just know me. Maybe there's someone in here that You haven't given your heart to God. Listen, there is nothing boring or mechanical about this thing. The very God that created everything loves you. And his spirit is here. And all we have to do is surrender our hearts to say, God, I know that I'm not in control. I want you to have control. Forgive me for the times that I've messed up, I've sinned, and follow you. Here's what I want you to do today. I just want you to be open. Of one accord, we're all together. All we want is for the Spirit to move in whatever way the Spirit wants to move. I know this is broad, but it's okay. The Spirit's here, and God wants to work. So why don't you stand with me? We're going to sing a song, and and listen, I want to invite you to respond in whatever way. Listen, don't, don't, don't get distracted. I don't care what happens. I don't care if someone drops their guitar or anything like that. Listen, focus in on him and just make yourself available. If God directs you to come pray at an altar, be obedient. Come pray at an altar. If God directs you to go find someone that you've had difficulty in your heart with, get up and go make things right. If God directs you to put your hands up and to cry like me, put your hands up and cry. Let's let the Spirit move. He's here. The power of the Spirit is here with us. And God wants to speak to you today. So just be open. Respond. Be obedient. Father, pray that you'd speak to us. I thank you that you're with us today. And no matter what it looks like, Lord, we are here for you, completely surrendered to you.
So speak to us. We love you, Lord. We will obey you. We will respond to you now in Jesus' name. Amen.